0: What is happening, everybody? And welcome back to yet another episode of Slightly By Sports Talks. As always, I'm Milan alongside Bowen. And for the first time in, I'd say, about a month or so, we've kind of got a bit of a slower time in the sports world. Um, The NBA Finals just finished, I believe it was two days ago now. Tuesday night. Yes, Tuesday night. Um, Obviously, the Euros, the, the Copa America's done. We are currently in the midst of the Olympics, which will be officially having their grand opening on Friday night. But we're going to f- obviously talk about what's happening in the NBA. Uh, Bowen, talk to me, brother.
1: Milwaukee Bucks, Milan, first NBA championship in 50 years, uh, closing out the final series. And uh, Milan, what were your thoughts? I'm, I know I'm not really getting too deep into it right now, but I remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about, we were discussing the finals and you asked me, is it likely to be a sweep or go back to to I don't think any of us had Milwaukee running away in the fashion they did in six games. Did you?
0: I didn't. I said uh, it was going to be Milwaukee in seven. Had they, you know, came to the senses that they should have, in my opinion. Uh, I thought in order for Giannis to get back into the series, he was going to need the likes of Chris Middleton and uh, Drew Holiday Holiday to show up. Um, And funny enough, he didn't really need that for the game six because mm-hmm. they didn't compare to the standards of a second and a third best player on a team. I wouldn't say they showed up, but Giannis is 50 points, 14 rebounds and five blocks, 17 of nine from the charity stripe, 16 of 25 from the floor. That was all they really needed, alongside maybe a little bit of a Bobby Ports masterclass as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talked about it. Yeah. At least. You know, for for, uh, for a while now, people have been saying, Giannis, if he develops that three-point shot, he's unstoppable. I don't know if he needs a three-point shot to really take his game to the next level. We've already seen him at that next level this series. And uh, I think as long as he's consistent from the free throw line, he's nearly impossible to stop. What are your thoughts on that?
0: 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to realize Giannis is one of those players where no one can guard him except himself, Right. Kind of like KD, except KD is much more unstoppable in the sense that he can score in multiple different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, Giannis is kind of one-dimensional in the sense that he can, you know... And that's no disrespect whatsoever because the dimension that he has is quite literally unstoppable because Mm -hmm. he'll just run at you and you're not stopping him, right? Um, Yeah, he doesn't have a mid-range like KD does. He doesn't have a three-pointer like KD does. But how on earth, other than fouling this guy, can you stop this guy on a fast break?
1: When he's coming downhill, yeah. Yeah. We saw the Suns, they tried their best, DeAndre Aiden. Um, I'm not gonna say he was too, the stage was too big for him, but it it, it could have you could argue that because you know he just you couldn't you, you they tried Phoenix did to put Aiden on him, didn't work. Tried to put Crowder on him, didn't work. Uh you're throwing in Frank Kaminsky to defend Giannis. We know how that's Frank gonna Frank the
0: tank, baby.
1: <laughs> we know how that's gonna no disrespect to the to Frank the tank, but yeah, just Giannis now. Two MVPs, defensive player of the year, NBA title, finals MVP, all at the age of 26. He hasn't even turned 27 yet. Coming out of the series, going into next season, do you have Giannis as the best player in the league? Or is that still up for debate, even after what he just accomplished?
0: He's one of, but the my, me personally, I value, like, I really hate to use a code that was taken wrongly I believe by James Harden in terms of saying that Giannis has no skill yeah that's
1: the one that's been making the rounds right basketball
0: skill to me is a lot more important than being unstoppable for me Shaquille O'Neal is never the best player in basketball even at his very best because he was yes he was completely unstoppable like who the hell is guarding this guy in the post but he's not that good at basketball as a whole he can't shoot he can't dribble you know what I mean there's positions in the sport of basketball that you don't really need to be good at everything at like a center, like a power forward position. When you're a big like that, you can use your body. Well, for me, I can't give him the best player in basketball. When you got the likes of LeBron James, you got Kevin Durant, you got Steph Curry still in the league who just coming off for me, probably a year that was better than both of his MVP years. Mm -hmm. It's just, he didn't finish as highly as those, those years.
1: Right. Um, Didn't even make the playoffs, got uh, bumped in the playing game. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I'm um, really, for me, this, this, obviously we, bo- we both know that Giannis took his game to a new level this year in this final series, especially, but I think just, you know, he's gotten a lot better at I'd say there's not as much tunnel vision. He's not just going downhill and just kicking it out. Like sporadically, he's finding open passes uh, to teammates. He's, He's getting doubled, but he's able to make those passes. And even then, like, he, you get him close to the rim, you have to foul him, right? You're, you're not stopping that man close to the rim. So I think just based off based off what he's achieved, I'd have to put him at one. And I think it's a, I think it's a valid one because the last couple of years when he won MVP, people were questioning him, right? Because he didn't get it done in the playoffs. That was the big black stain on his career, uh, 2019, 2020. Uh, you, the West goes on and on. But this year, he's got it done. I'm going to say I think Giannis is the best player in basketball and I'd say very deservedly so at that even though I don't know I don't think they the Bucs are going to be the number one team that's favored to repeat uh, Brooklyn is I I'd say the best player in basketball plays at Pfizer uh, at Pfizer uh, form
0: it's it's not a bad take I don't think it's a bad take at all it's just me personally I don't think I don't take Giannis as the best player in basketball when he's one-dimensional but i the fact that he's elevated his team to the level that it is you know they're consistently like a threat in the east you know, um
1: every year well, he's yeah.
0: he's a two-time mvp for a reason you know to put up 50 points in an nba finals game he, you're one of seven players to ever do that 50 mm-hmm. plus points one of three players in nba history to have an mvp a defensive player of the year and a finals mvp alongside pretty good company in hakeem olajuwon and michael jordan I mean, there's not much to debate.
1: That's a really good list. (laughs) There's not
0: much to debate on whether or not he's one of the best. It's just, it's up to preference at that point, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. But on the topic of the game as well, uh, Drew Holiday in that final game, pretty poor game up to his standards, but he still put out 12 and 11 with uh, responsible for about 30 points of the Milwaukee Bucks. That would be uh, just over 100. Um, What did you think of his game overall? Throughout the final, throughout the playoffs. Like, do you think he was that X factor for the Bucks to be able to get to the position that they were?
1: A hundred percent. Well, just based off what he brings defensively, uh, he's made some incredible plays on defense. Obviously, stripping Devin Booker in game five. Game five was his game where he really took over. Obviously, all, all three players of that, I guess you c- could call it a big three on Milwaukee, they stepped up in game five, but it was Holiday's performance that. We've been talking about it the whole time. If you want to, if you want to steal a game in Phoenix, you got to have a guy like Holiday go off. He did just that in Game Five. Uh, his defense, obviously, was excellent, even though his shooting was like that's been a big talking point this series, especially. Like he brought it, and at the end of game, at the end of the East Finals series as well, Middleton and Holiday, they stepped they stepped up when they had to. Um, So I think even though, yes, Milwaukee did ship off all those picks to get him, I think, you know, at the end of the day, what are we really doing this for, right? You're doing it for a championship. It doesn't matter if you've mortgaged your future. At the end of the day, you're going for a title. We saw it with Toronto a couple years ago. They got their title. We saw it with la we see it all the time teams making these big moves to go for titles and yeah you have to you have to be over the moon with what they've done but yeah i think uh drew holiday it's definitely he definitely stepped up and proved his work this series sir i just waffled there for about eight years but uh that's that's my uh thoughts on that yeah
0: not a problem at all actually on the topic that you mentioned of you know, giving away your assets for like a win now kind of position. In my humble opinion, I don't know if you agree with this. If you're a playoff team, a perennial playoff team, giving away picks really doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, those picks, unless you've got the craziest scouting network and you do the craziest research on these 50th picks in the draft, there's no point of keeping those picks because what else are you going to be doing with them? You're not going to be picking up these pieces when you already have, you know, you got free agency, you can pick up a decent piece over there a veteran player on a on a veterans minimum you can obviously trade them for good superstars maybe a superstar is a bit of a stretch for uh drew holiday but drew holiday is a very important team and a player in a championship team and i think that i agree with you that he was probably what put them over the edge and what finally got them to the position that they were finally in
1: 100 because we look back at the Bucks teams of years gone by they never had that guy to like give them that cutting edge if that makes sense I mean, we always had Giannis and Middleton, uh, but it was just a bunch of, they didn't have, like, they just didn't have that extra guy. They, they they always felt like a team that was one piece away. Now you had Holiday, you had Bobby Portis who gives them that edge and gives them that spark off the bench. Uh, and Lopez, like he's been on the team for a couple of years, but like, he, he understood his role. So I think you know, Moen, we talked about it coming into the season that Budenholzer in the Bucks, they were gonna, you know, kind of tinker around in the regular season, mess around. They'll lose ground in the race, but if it means a title and it means they're able to make adjustments and uh, figure things out come playoff time and adapt, it doesn't matter. And we we've seen the fruits of their labor on Tuesday.
0: Most definitely, and just on the topic of Budenholzer as well, I've got to give him credit because although I I'm a very big critic of him, I, I still. Stay a bit creative of him because at the end of the day, we both know no Giannis, no championship, right? Mm-hmm. But Budenholzer did some very, very good adjustments throughout all the series in the playoffs. Um, defensive ad- adjustments, the way he was uh, able to switch after I believe it was game one in uh, the Eastern Phoenix. Conference Finals. Oh, okay. I think of that instantly because that was when uh Trey Young was torching them, right? Uh,
1: 21 um, 48, I think
0: something like that even in uh after game two in the phoenix series he you know they're guarding Dylan booker a lot better um you know using Giannis because Giannis, as we know he's best as a help defender right which is what we saw in the brooklyn series even when he was guarding kd he was not ever really the primary defender right people are of slander that, for
1: that remember myself that? included myself so included
0: Myself included, I was pretty critical that I believed if the best player on the court should be guarding the other best player on the court, right? But, I mean, if it works, it works. If it wins you basketball games, who am I to judge, right? That's why he's in the position he's in, and that's why I'm here talking about him.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but nevertheless, hats off to him. You know, he's uh, now an NBA cha- championship coach. He's been been in the game for a while now. I bl- I remember seeing him back in the, the Atlanta Hawks days, I believe, yep. right? B- back when they got coach that 60 plus one team. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's, he finally gets over his playoff hump. That's, that's, you know, that's eluded him of a title for years and years and he's got it um, going into next season. I guess we could switch over to this. Uh, we could know That's actually, I, I want to talk about Devin Booker for a second and the Suns Cause it's, it's been pretty bucks heavy. I want to sw- switch over to that. Uh, what do you make of, you know, going forward for the Suns? Do you think this was their one, their one window to win a title?
0: Me personally, I don't think it's the Suns' one window, but it might be Chris Paul's one window. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty sad because I actually I remember being on the show I believe 2 or 3 weeks ago saying this is when Chris Paul wins his ring. Yep. <laughs> of course, of <laughs> course, of course. Um but the way I see it, Chris Paul, he's not getting any younger as we both know. He's uh he's a fantastic player even at the big age of 35, 36 at this
1: 36, point. I believe. Yeah. Um, up
0: there. He's, we know he's still got a few good years in him, but. What extent
1: just, is the question, right?
0: And the West keeps getting stronger because the West was like undoubtedly the stronger of the two uh, conferences for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden LeBron went to the West. So a lot of these superstars went to the East. You can now even argue the East could be stronger than the West in terms of. The top heavy teams, you know, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Um,
1: I think it ends up there, though. I think it, yeah, it kind of um, ends up there because you throw Philly in, and you're like, we you don't know what they're doing. Boston, yeah, I you know guess, but Europe's Philly, Philly top, is so. pretty
0: organized as well, though. Like I, I, as much as I may not respect Philly in the playoffs, I respect Philly's team. You know what I mean? That you got, for me, had he not been injured, you have the MVP on your team, right? Uh-huh. Um. But besides that, I mean, the West, they keep getting stronger. You've got the likes of Denver coming up. Um, you've got the Lakers. They're going to be back. Clippers, they've finally gotten over that second-round slump. They're I think gonna... Kawhi
1: is ACL he's going to be out for the season
0: now. Is he officially out for the full season?
1: He'll be getting back. Well, we know how Kawhi operates, right? He's gonna be out until uh, at least March. He's not gonna mess around and play any meaningless April games unless he has to. Like he's Uh, waiting it out till the playoffs. You'd have to think.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, I I mean, they did pretty well even with Paul George as the superstar, right? They, they, they I mean, they pushed it for six,
1: six games. I just don't. I just like the Clippers aren't a threat. Next year, the Warriors Gold should State. be better, but they have a lot of questions. The, the Wakers Gold are only State. getting older.
0: You got uh, Denver. You've got Utah, who potentially could uh, could surprise me next year. I, I wasn't no. shocked this year, but they could surprise me next year. Um, <laughs> you know Dallas. But, yeah, you yeah. know, let- let's not count on Luca as well. Like Luca could have his breakout year next year. All of a sudden, make a Finals appearance, right? Um, so Things go
1: right, but you're trusting Jason Kidd as head coach. <sighs>
0: You're right. You're right. But I mean, Luca is one of those players, one of those MJ LeBron type players where it doesn't matter who's on the sideline. He's going to do what he's going to do. And he's going to drag someone with him if he has to.
1: And then, yeah, you look at Denver, you look at, uh, well, Denver, Jamal Murray is going to be out for a while, too, coming off his own injury of his own. Um, they have the MVP there and I think they're, they're definitely an interesting team in terms of potential trades there. They've been in talks for acquiring that like third guy to kind of put them over the edge. So they're definitely an interesting one. Um, but yeah, Chris Paul, he's heading in the free agency, um, unrestricted free agency. Do you think he re-ups in Phoenix or is it, is it a new, a new chapter in his career?
0: Is that this summer he's going into free agency? He's
1: he's on the market this summer.
0: Wow. Uh, well, I was reading that the Lakers are going to try to push for him. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to push for either him or Russell Westbrook, one of the two. They want a veteran, you know, superstar point guard in that sense. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he joins his buddy LeBron, but <laughs> um, it, it's hard with like, like it's so this conf- The salary cap in, in basketball is so confusing to me because some teams are just able to swing. Like the fact that we're able to have a team that has Blake Griffin. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, all on it that team, and they're not over the salary cap. You know what I mean? Like I'm not really sure how exactly it's gonna work out for to, to well, add Chris yeah. Paul to a LeBron James, Anthony Davis kind of team, right? Um
1: the thing with those teams is the Nets, they have bit three guys on big salaries and Durant, Kyrie, Harden, and then and then obviously Griffin took took a cut salary and they're just filling out the, the depth with a bunch of role guys. It's not – yeah, you're not getting a big – because you, you can only afford so much, so you're allocating so much of your salary to those three guys. But, yeah, for the Lakers, I think that would be a, definitely a big a big issue because you got to move on some guys like Kuzma. you got to move – you're not bringing back Schroeder. You're not bringing back a bunch of guys. If you're trying to bring in Chris Paul's salary to that team, I think he would put them as the clear favorites in the West if he signed in L.A., um, but I kind of want to see him run it back with Phoenix. Honestly, you know, you just got to the finals. Why not try to try to run it back? Keep some continuity there. I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I hear that. I don't know about what would happen if he stays. Just because I think that team is great. I mean, um, I've been I was pleasantly surprised by um, Deandre Aiden, who we mentioned a little bit earlier. You mm-hmm. may have said the stage may have been a little big for him, or he was just a little bit nervous in his first finals appearance at such a young age. I think. You know he played his role fantastic throughout the playoffs. He was getting you know a consistent ten boards a game. Uh, he was scoring when he had to. He was playing good defense. He may not not have been good enough to guard Giannis in the finals, but <laughs> other he played good defense. Yeah. Um, I I think that team is legit. Honestly, I think it, like we were always saying they were a team that was a piece away that finally got that piece and they made their first finals or in what twenty seventeen some.
1: 28 years. 28 years.
0: Yeah, 93. Yeah. So 28 years now. Wow. Time flies. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those things when, like, you always think you're like in 2009, 2010. You're like, yep. oh, yeah. 1993 was 10 years ago. <laughs> nope. Uh, it's, it's been a while. It's uh, Charles Barkley
1: days. That was, I believe, the Bulls' third title. Yeah. I think that year. But yeah. Um, <laughs> As for, yeah, so, I mean, Phoenix, do you think that they've kind of capped themselves out in terms of, like, how far they can go? Because, like, you look at their roster, the only way they're getting back to the finals is if they bring back Paul, like, to that team. I mean, he was so valuable, even though he kind of, you know, he kind of flamed out at the end, you could argue. Um, He couldn't get them over the hump. Do you think, like... I think personally this was their one shot because we look at the run to get to this point. They got past the Lakers who were pretty banged up. Uh, they swept the Nuggets without Murray and then they faced a, a Clippers team without Kawhi. I mean, like, fair enough. You got to beat who's in front of you. I'm not discarding them that for that, but I just think this was kind of their, their one shot at a title.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, um, like, Chris Paul obviously makes that team better. There's a reason reason they made the finals. And to say, like, yeah, is that their ceiling? I mean, finals is really the the furthest you can go, right? There's no shame in a
1: finals appearance, no.
0: Not not at all. But at the same time, you got to look at it as, do we think that was the best of Devin Booker? Maybe at the beginning of the series. I don't think going forward, especially I don't think that game six, I was definitely not the best of Devin Booker. Right. Uh, Coming off, I believe, before that back to back 40 point games Mm -hmm. uh, an unfortunate turnover in the last 20 ish seconds of uh, game five for me that for me that I thought that was a choke honestly, because I, I thought the ball was in his hands. I I had complete faith in him. I thought this guy was pulling up. He had all the time in the world. All he needed was a two and then they would have been clear, right? He lost the ball. Giannis gets it. Uh, Giannis dunks and one foul and they close out the game. Um, But for the Suns, I think they could get better if we see another whether it's Chris Paul or not, we need another super, we need a superstar there because they they need that one piece, right? They're you think they're one
1: piece away, is what you say.
0: But but whether it's Chris Paul or not, you know what I mean? It's got to be someone. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing because as we've heard, uh Damian Lillard could be on the market this summer. I wouldn't mind mm. seeing Damian Lillard team up with uh, with Devin Booker. That would be a fantastic team. That would be quite or the maybe, upgrade. Or maybe a D'Angelo Russell. That could be an okay little addition. It would be a bit of a downgrade to Chris Paul, in my opinion. But I think D'Angelo Russell, I did hear uh, at least a month ago that he could be out on his way out of uh,
1: Minnesota. Minnesota
0: just seemed to be a failed project over there. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think the Suns are legit. A lot of people can discredit them by saying, you know, it was uh, it was a Mickey Mouse run or whatever it is, but, you know, like you said, you can only play who's in, in front of you, and they, they played that all those games for perfection. I mean, to beat the Lakers, to beat a LeBron James-led team, that takes serious, serious game, right? point we saw oh, it.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: We saw it happen. We never saw LeBron lose in the first round, ever. In our lifetimes, we've never seen LeBron lose in the fi- first round, and we mm-hmm. finally saw it. Um. But yeah, the Suns. I uh, I'm excited for their future because I don't think this is over. Uh, I, Devin Booker is a stud, and uh, he deserves all the flowers. Uh, but nevertheless, let's let's give all of our credit to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who um he's gotten way too much slander, way too much uh, way too much hate, and he's finally being credited the respect he deserves. And hats off to him for that.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Any more? Any more thoughts on on the NBA? Or time. We want be- to
0: do our. Uh, we uh-huh. to do maybe an early twenty twenty one prediction. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let's uh, let's wrap basketball up on that 2021 uh title prediction. Or?
0: I guess, I mean, we're gonna do a definitely a big episode of this come like October. Just, just a to really pick right now. Yeah.
1: You know what? If Milwaukee can add to that roster. I got the Bucks going back to back.
0: Really, eh? But who would you think they could add or would add?
1: We don't know that, but they have flexibility in terms of their roster and what they can do with it. They're not entirely capped out. They add some nice, some nice bench pieces on the buyout market. I don't I don't think they have too many assets to trade because they obviously expended those in the in the holiday trade. But get a couple of nice buyout guys. Add to that bench depth. Um, yeah, I got the Bucs back-to-back. That's bold, considering if they're, if the Bucks if, if the Nets are healthy, they're the best team in basketball, right? But, yeah, I got the Bucs. I I, I trust this Giannis guy.
0: No, you trust this guy? Um, no, I'm actually – as much as I hate to say it, I'm taking the Nets next year. And uh, I think we're going to get that final that we wanted this year, the Nets-Lakers final. I think we're going to get that next year. But I think the Nets will, uh, won't have an easy – Run by any stretch of the imagination. I think if the Bucks do end up matching up against them in the playoffs, I think that's gonna be a seven game series yet again. Healthy or not, that's gonna be a seven game series. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely gonna be a very interesting season next year. You have a little point here as well. Has Giannis officially passed Kyrie Irving all time? I mean, me personally. <laughs> I don't know if this is a piss take because I don't think there was ever a time in Kyrie's career that he was with Giannis when we're talking about a two-time MVP. Uh, but I mean,
1: no, that was—I just wanted you to react to that. Yeah,
0: yeah, you go, you go. It's close, but I'd give the edge to Giannis after Tuesday's performance. Can we, can we, can we, put some respect on Giannis at the name, please? Comparing them with one ring, come on. <laughs> Was Kyrie the most uh, most important reason they won? No. (laughs) I mean, they're both on one title. It's close. (laughs) Come on, man. Uh, I'm about to do that. The Bradley Beal, you know, remember remember when he had his hands on his waist and he was looking at the fan like, Mm -hmm. I suck? No, I'm about to do that to you, bro. Come on now.
1: Playing, I'm playing. But uh, so you got the Nets. I'd say that's a good pick. I mean, yeah, coming into the into the next year, they're clear of everybody in terms of betting odds. Uh, they bring up that that big three. There if they're healthy, we both know one. Like we both know. Come on, let's be real here. If the Bucks or if the Nets were healthy, they'd win, They'd be still bringing a title right now themselves. But they just got hit with the injury bug. Uh, so that's a great pick. Um, yeah. Any more thoughts on basketball for you? Or are we good to uh,
0: let's move on over? to footy
1: to the footy, okay, do you, want to, uh, do you want to kick that off then?
0: Uh, well, actually, we had a very interesting topic, but it turned out it was uh, a fake rumor. It, it was. was. Uh, it was a rumor of a FIFA monitoring a rule change. It was going to be 30-minute halves, um, kick-ins instead of throw-ins, like so many stupid, stupid little rules that we just uh, – most people weren't fans of. I don't know about you, Bo, and I thought they were stupid personally. Um, was that not broken on, like – reputable sources though yeah which is surprising that it's not deleted like like these Instant people really use their yeah because fifa came out and just denied all the all the rumors they said the, these are allegations that are
1: do you have the do you have the rules in front of you do you Do you want to like uh, i could pull fun? them
0: up i could pull them up just give me one second
1: it'd be a, it'd make for a fun conversation at least 30 minute halves
0: <laughs> so from what I understand the rule change you know, this is the wrong article give me one sec okay 30 minute halves uh these are five potential rules that could have been changed um throw ins would have been completely thrown out the window would have been just kick ins uh unlimited substitutions so no more you know three or five which is already a little bit We're getting close to
1: of- there with 5
0: we don't, yeah, we don't really know why it's still five. It started off as five when the pandemic first, you know, when they first yeah. came out back through pandemic, they said, you know, people are playing after not playing for a while. They they need to have the chance to have at least five subs. We said, all right, that's still kind of in play. It's weird because, you know, FIFA video games don't include five substitutions. They still include three. So we don't know if, whether or not they'll come back to that. You know, obviously EA has good relations with FIFA. So we would assume that, They would know what's happening there.
1: 100%. Uh,
0: Yellow card sin bins. So in the sense of uh, (laughs) what happens in hockey where you get (laughs) sent to uh, the penalty box, you get a power play or whatever. Uh, Yellow cards would make a player leave the field for about five minutes, um, meaning it would be like a 10v11 or something of that sort. Dribbling from corners. So no more direct corner kicks, uh, but you're able to just on the corner, you're able to just drive the ball in. For me, I believe I always loved the idea of corner kicks. I thought that would have been perfect like that was already perfect. there's no reason to touch that. but I'm glad this is all fake news and even though this is on marka.com, it was a very reputable source in mm-hmm. the world. It's clearly fake and um, whoever spread that rumor, screw you because that was just not necessary on a Monday day Monday night to see all these potential rule changes, right? See, yeah, that's.
1: I mean, I don't even know how that article was like formed and how it got out to uh, such a large audience and had people believing it. But I mean, I guess that's it's the internet. Don't believe everything you read on there. Um, <laughs> that I mean, my favorite rule from that, if it were to go through, would probably be. The I think bin? I think the sin bin would be hilarious. Just because if you, there's a couple of guys who both get yellows at the same time or a couple yellows in subsequent fashion it'd be you'd be down to like a 10 and 10 versus nine at some points but i mean these these proposed changes i'm glad they're fake because they would completely ruin the game like 30 minute halves like what even is that
0: could you imagine a goalkeeper getting a a sent to the sin bin and then just open net like you could just (laughs) score from anywhere just shoot the ball or like, could you imagine out. if like someone like Ronaldo, like someone so competitive, getting a yellow card has to sit out for five minutes, watch the team like capitulate? This guy's raging on the sideline. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> uh, that's uh, like, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's that would be that would make for a fun like, you know, in FIFA a couple of years ago, I think they added like that uh, that little, no rules, no rules, yeah, no, no rules. rules. Imagine they it. like implemented that to FIFA. <laughs> like,
0: I love it. Anytime someone's through, you just break their legs, yeah. <laughs>
1: they're just able to implement these. You know, it's the off season when we're bringing up FIFA's no rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Melan, As for actual football news, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of dry right now. Um, yeah, I, guess we can I talk- actually. But, I, yeah, I
0: had a question to you personally about uh, Arsenal's movements right now. Um, first off, I'll start with the two signings that were announced over the last week or so. Uh, Nuno Tavares, the um, Porto, I believe, or it was a Benfica, one of the two. Benfica like, left back. Left back well, signed. Um, and Albert Sambi Laconga, who re- would prefer to be referred to as Sambi, as he said in his interview. Uh, I believe he would be more so of a winger or a midfielder of sorts? Yeah,
1: kind of, uh, kind of like Thomas Partey, kind of that kind of role in terms um, of what he does. W-
0: what are your thoughts? Obviously, I I would be surprised if you were to tell me you've watched either of these players play ever, but what are your thoughts on the signings in terms of what they bring to Arsenal? We know Arsenal's had a... Let's, let's be honest here. Arsenal's been down in the dumpster at least the last year um not a preferable sight to see in terms of a footballing fan you know to see a successful and legendary team like Arsenal be down bad like this but what do you think of these signings what do they bring to the teams dynamic?
1: I'm not gonna go crazy it's just a couple of depth signings really I mean Tavares he's a clear backup about back to Kieran Tierney and and uh, Wakonga, he's a backup center mid to uh, or Sambi. He's a backup center uh, center mid to Thomas Partey. So, and but you know, I mean, it's it's depth signings. You need that. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, boy. Sorry to to kind of downplay these, but it's you know, it's nice to get some signings in. They both are Tavares actually scored in uh, Arsenal's uh, one of their preseason games. A nice goal at that. But again, it's preseason. Um,
0: but yeah, and it was a two-two draw. But it was a two-two. Not yeah, let's
1: not hype it up too much. Um, but it was a nice goal, so fair play to you on that, uh, Nuno. But uh, yeah, no, I think the the real the real meat and potatoes of this this transfer window for Arsenal are going to come in the coming weeks. Ben Weiss rumored to come in from Brighton. Um, they're still looking to sign another central midfielder. Emil Smith Rowe was given the number ten shirt, so he's oh, obviously. He's just going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be in the starting plans next season um and yeah just maybe maybe a center forward as well if alex black is at, is out the way out the door but yeah still what five weeks five weeks left in the transfer window so a lot of stuff could go down there um but yeah it, it's it's nice to see some two signings and i want to see i want to see some of samby this season but he's still very young so can't expect too much on that front i guess
0: but to be fair, I mean, both those players, left back and uh, Thomas Partey in the center mid, both of those players are the players that I would say when they were injured, that was when your team almost fell apart, right? Um, For me, other than maybe Bukayo Saka, I'd say Kieran Tierney alongside uh, uh, Nico Pepe, they were your best players last season, right? Uh, Kieran Tierney, even as a defender going forward, he brings so much for me, potentially even top five fullbacks in the world i would say in terms of at least left side of fullbacks um and Sambi Sambi obviously uh thomas party missed majority of the season due to injury uh we never he never really was injured at uh athletic Madrid okay. too which is pretty weird to see him miss <clears throat> so much uh, game time maybe it had to do with you know sitting out during the pandemic not being at full fitness not having a lot of people came to say that Arsenal's woes, at least early on in the season, came to the fact that they had to play uh, without a preseason. Obviously, everyone did. But specifically Arsenal, specifically, Arsenal, without getting to, you know, they just got a new manager in uh, Mikel Arteta. They weren't really accustomed to it. Um, they didn't really get a preseason. Now they have a preseason under the belt. It's going a little bit rough. Maybe they're getting the uh, rough patch out the way early, which me personally, I would love to see it. Um, but... M.L. Smith-Rowe, like, I want to get your opinion. I feel like I might be a little bit harsh. I think M.L. Smith-Rowe is a baller. And uh, th- that's not to say, like, what I'm about to say is going to discredit that. But do you think he's deserving of the number 10 of one of the biggest clubs in England?
1: I mean, Bakayo Saka got number seven pretty quickly into his emergence to the first team. And I think it shows that they're building around young young Academy players in Smith row and soccer to, to that extent, they have put a lot of trust in them. So I think, I mean, a number is just a number and I guess in football numbers carry a lot more weight than in other sports, but I definitely think if he's genuinely going to be part of the starting lineup and the starting plans next season, I I don't see why not. You're putting a great message out there. to young talents in the, in the pipeline, I guess you could call it in the Academy that if you come up and you can impress, you'll be awarded with a number and a new contract. So I think he's very deserving personally.
0: I I hear that. Me, personally, I don't think he's at least yet should be given the even consideration for a number 10. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's deserving of a number 10 for me for the third biggest club in England. Or tied for third, I'd say, with Chelsea maybe at this point. I mean, um,
1: but look how he came into the team last year and turned fortunes around, right? They were in 15th in December. He comes into yeah. the team. They had the third-best league floor at the back half of the season when he was playing a lot. Like, yeah, he he didn't, like, light the world on fire, but he definitely really helped get them out of a pretty bad space. So I think it's just more – I don't know.
0: Sending a message. Exactly.
1: It's more sending a message to the academy.
0: as we know, the Arsenal Academy is, you know, it's great. It may not keep all their players, but we know most players that come out of the Arsenal Academy become studs. I mean, we've hmm. got Ishmael Benacer playing at Milan, fantastic, fantastic player. you got Daniel Malin playing out in uh, the Netherlands, great, great player yet again. Serge Gnabry, a... Bayern Munich, yeah. a killer in the Champions League. I mean, you know, the Arsenal Academy is definitely one of the greats. Uh, we got to give Wenger a lot of credit for that because. When he did invest into the academy, you know, it, it seemed to pay off. Um, we didn't see it too often, but we did see it enough. And we saw a lot of superstars come out of that. I mean, prime Jack Wilshire was one of the best midfielders I'd seen coming out of England.
1: Prime and, it's Jack good. Wilshere, and it's good, honestly, man, just to see, I think uh, this is another talking point, but just to see Arsenal kind of. They're not going for these stopgap signings like we saw a couple years ago, trying to get back into the Champions League. They're really, you know, they're really trusting the younger players at the club. I I think that's a really good way to to kind of build continuity, build cohesion, and it shows they're not just throwing money at the wall and seeing what sticks. It shows they're trusting like the development foundations that the club has in place. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: No, that's the real process. I mean, Philly needs to start taking notes. That's how that's how you do a process. (laughs) Uh, it might take a while and you might get bantered a lot, but that's a process. That's, you know, not having a team, but you're building every position. You're not drafting eight centers and then hoping one is going to be good eventually. Right. All of them were going to be good. And then one, and then six of them got injured. And then one of them was a flop. And then the other one who is still injury prone, still be, arguably is one of the best, could be one of the best centers of all time in terms of pure basketball ability, right? And Joel Embiid, I, I speak on. That's how you do a process, and I hope this process takes a little bit faster for Arsenal, just because in football, it's a little different, obviously. You've got 11 players to take care of, plus a bench. You've got a full team to take care of, rather than just five positions. You get 82 games there, whatever it is. It's a little bit different sports. It's different different to work with. But I mean, when you've got a player like Bukayo Saka, for me, a fantastic, fantastic youngster, very versatile, can play both wings, can play in defense, can, can play
1: through the center even if can needed. Play through
0: the center if needed. Can you know? Does great link up play with the forwards? I mean, the future is definitely bright for Arsenal and Arsenal fans. You may be sad now, but <laughs> there's uh there's good times coming. Believe me.
1: Hopefully, oh I mean, I, I what would you say is a successful season for Arsenal next year? Like, what's 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 uh, wrap the Arsenal talk on that? What do you think the, is
0: like the utmost minimum for them to get, yeah, to be successful. Europa League position Back in the Europe. But that's horrible. I wouldn't wish Europa League upon anyone.
1: <laughs> I'd to say top four would be the goal, but it's gonna be tough because the top, as we've talked about time and time again, the top six is become the top four has become the top six, which has become the top eight. Like there's teams to that depth in the league that are really genuinely pushing for champions league football and not unless you're doing it two years straight yeah we
0: got Leicester doing two years straight they might choke it every time but they're doing it two years straight now right
1: mm-hmm. they're up in the mix you know tottenham on a good year arsenal for years they've been there liverpool now is br- br- that brought themselves back into that talk chelsea's always there united's mostly there. uh city's constantly there and nowadays like it's 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 stacked. So I think Arsenal in terms of what they should be achieving for is top four. But I mean, at least back in the Europe, bar minimum, I'd say. But yeah. yeah, above the conference league, but bar minimum Europa League places for sure.
0: Fair point. Fair point. So um, yeah. I was just gonna maybe mention one more thing on terms of footy and then we can move on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um we it feels like we talk about this every week, but PSG what they're doing with this transfer window and how they're signing left and right. They're signing just every position everywhere. What, what are your thoughts on it? There's rumors right now that they're about to sign Joaquin Correa from Lazio um, giving them another attacking superstar, or at least someone to come off the bench for Mbappe or Neymar, which is, you know that's scary because Joaquín Correa lights it up in in the Serie, A. so I know he's gonna be a great player
1: France, for PSG. So, yeah.
0: Um. I don't know. What do you think about this whole? Like, how is, is this fair? You know, like, how is it that like financial fair play only exists for one team and not for the others? You know. Well,
1: I'm not surprised. I mean, they lost. They lost it on the league. They lost it on the Champions League. They know Mbappé might leave next summer. And Neymar is only getting older. And that's the project they were building when they brought those players in it was the Champions League. They have clearly moved on from the Ibrahimovic days uh, when he was banging in goals with Cavani up top. Like, they're a different team. They have higher aspirations. Uh, and yeah, it's ridiculous that they can spend so much uh, and just freely, especially in a depressed market in terms of COVID. Like, that will bounce back soon, but right now with the spending they're doing and the players they're bringing in, uh, granted, Ramos, Wijnaldum, uh, Donnarumma, Tunics, yeah, Donnarumma, all free agent signings. So they weren't yeah, the free up agent signings, but they're
0: getting paid ten million plus in wages. So is it really a free agent signing? And then as well, when you're yeah, at least in terms of the Donnarumma signing, you're paying twenty million to Minor Ayola. You know what I mean? Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's Paris, right? Like we know they have this capital, like we know they have this this ability, and they're just flexing on everybody. So I mean the. <laughs> They're the they're one of the most like they're one of the biggest brands in football. That doesn't make it fair, but like they have the ability and they're just doing it. So, and we like we both know that financial fair play rules are pretty much a joke with what happened to Manchester City a couple of years back when they were supposedly going to get banned from Europe and it just became a slap on the wrist essentially. So you know some teams some teams kind of can skirt skirt by it and Paris is one of them I'd say. That sounds biased, but, like, come on, we saw it with it's City. It's not
0: biased when this team is literally, and I say this, and it's absolutely nothing salty. I wish all the best of Durma. Like, we have a great goalkeeper already in, for, in the placement of him. Like, you know, do what you got to do, whether you have to leave there or play for Real Madrid or whoever it is. They're, PSG is ruining football because when you're just buying – every player and just not giving anyone else a like a chance to compete it's like the reason that people hate the brooklyn nets right because the brooklyn nets just ruined the sense of competition the mm-hmm. only way they have competition is if they get injured and then you feel bad because they're you know not at full strength and then they lose not full strength it's just the whole thing and the expectations are obviously sky high for uh psg now they should be winning the treble yeah and it's not even and it's I say that and it's kind of laughable that, like, you expect the trouble, but you should be. When you have Sergio Ramos, who is coming off maybe an injured year, but still one of the better defenders in the world. You got Mbappe, Neymar. Uh, you, your midfield is still a little bare bones, but, you know, Gino Aynaldemar, a great signing. You got, I'd say, two of the best go- two of the top five best goalkeepers in the world in Kaylor Nalas and Gigi Donnarumma. Um, you signed Hakimi, the best Harkimi. player in the world in his position. Yeah. Like... How much more do you need, you know?
1: Yeah, they're – I mean, but then again, the thing is, Neymar, if you wanted to, he could hold small average and leave. Obviously, he's not going – he – Likely won't, but if he if he wanted to, he could. He, he holds that kind of leverage, so they got to appease him. Mbappe sounds like he's on the door, out the door next summer if he's truly going to run down his contract. So like, I see what they're doing. Obviously, it sucks because they're spending a lot of money and they have a lot of money to spend, and they're doing it. But you know, like that's what they got to do. They're they're in it for a reason to win the Champions League. Uh, so it, it's just. And that's how football is built, right? Like some teams have a lot more money to spend than others. And Paris is arguably the richest team in world football. I don't have a financial seat in front of me, but one more question on this. If Paris ever ever wins the Champions League, do you think on like the reaction will just be more piss takes than genuine, than genuine like congratulations?
0: Uh, if they win everything or if they don't win anything?
1: Yeah, like if they win a Champions League, right? Because we saw with City this year. We saw people kind of just taking the piss, slandering their how many millions they've spent on players. Do you think there'll be more of that or will it be like them receiving their praise if Paris, if Paris win the Champions League?
0: I think it's, it's so hard because they're also employing a former Tottenham coach like when you're, if you have any relation to Tottenham, like, for example, human some fantastic player. I love this guy. I don't know why he's wasting his talents in Tottenham, but that guy, even though he's a great player, he's always going to get the piss taken out of him. Great place for Tottenham. You know what I mean? Like Harry Kane, Harry. Harry Kane, another great player. Easy to take the piss out of him. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think when you have any relation to that on top of already being like notorious for being a team that just spends, 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 you're always going to be getting the piss taken out of you, whether you win or not. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, no one else's opinions matter when you win. Like all you can say Literally. is, you know, yeah. what's the, what's your title? What's your trophy cabinet looking at this season, right? Uh-huh. And if it's not if it's not a trouble like PSG's, potentially, then you can't be talking, right? Yeah. I'm still going to be taking the piss because they have rumor, and I'm always going to be a little bit salty. And I take full, you know, credit, not credit, but I take full responsibility for that. You know what I mean? I'm not dodging it or saying i'm not salty like i i fully know i'm being salty about this um but in my humble opinion i believe they're ruining football and uh this you know financial fair play it's false it's fake and we uh i don't we need to abolish and make something else because it clearly isn't working like how is this fair genuine
1: yeah. i just uh... I don't. I don't ever think it's gonna happen. I think Paris are just gonna keep spending until they eventually win the Champions League. Um, I don't know when that'll happen, but yeah, I. I just, it's just the discrepancy in power of these extremely wealthy clubs, and uh, it's gotten worse over the years. And I think, I just, I just don't know when it's gonna end. I don't know. That's. I guess that's my final thought on that.
0: I mean, I. I'd say that's a good way to end it, but. Um other than that i mean the olympics are on right now the tokyo 2020 or i guess 2021 olympics i don't know how much you're watching a bowen but the men's footy it, it, it seems pretty interesting i mean there, there's a few teams that are like all legit you know what i mean you got uh france unfortunately did lose 4-1 today i picked well, that one, one of my teams to like out for. yeah four one or four not one to mexico um Andre Pereginac scored a pen. Fully apologized for scoring. Not even apologized for celebrating. Apologized for scoring. Now that he's a, a cult hero out in uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm looking out for Pierre Kalulu, um, Milan player, very versatile in defense. I, I want to see how much he can really do for, for that France team. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire they won their game. Uh, they've you know they've got a pretty okay team. I mean you got Cassie playing for them. You got uh, Eric Bailly in the defense. You got Ahmad Diallo of Man United up top. Wow, that's actually a uh, pretty – That's a pretty legit team. It's a pretty good core, yeah. <laughs> and Kessie uh, got the game winner today. Shout out to Kessie on that. Uh, Brazil, we always know what Brazil is going to bring. You know, Brazil consistently brings out golden generations. You got Richarlison scoring a hat trick today. I believe they beat uh, Germany 4-0. I'm not entirely sure. Richarlison going
1: from straight from the Copa to the Olympics, respect. <laughs>
0: Well, forget that. Think about the Spain squad. I'd say about eight out of eleven starting uh, starting lineup players in the Spain squad are playing for the Olympic squad. You got Pedri, you got Unai Simon, um, uh, Danny Almos there, Olyar Zabal is there. That Spain team is overpowered. I mean, that like, Spain Olympic team. They should, for me looking. I was looking at the like who they called up. That should be the favorites by far.
1: That's incredible. That's four players that all got minutes at the Euros, I believe
0: um yes. you, wow. pal torres is there eric garcia is there for oh barcelona geez. you got Mikel marino from real sociedad that yep. team is fantastic fantastic and they didn't even call you know uh you're able to call up i believe it's two overage players mm-hmm. i didn't think i saw a single one i think they were all under 24
1: wow that's uh that's incredible i i'm gonna have to start watching the spain games like as you said i haven't I haven't watched any of the Olympics so far, but it only got underway. So um, have you like have you watched much of the action at all? Because I know it's in Tokyo. It's, it's yeah, it's
0: difficult, the time zones, right? Um, what I'm excited for, ju- uh, as a former judoka myself, uh, judo is coming for the Olympics. Uh, obviously, Japan's sport as well. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends that are competing, actually, in the Olympics for Canada. My okay. boy, Shadi Al-Nahas, in the minus 100-kilo division. That's going to be, the problem is, is that, It's going to be starting when it's 11 a.m. there, meaning it's going to be 10 p.m. here. So I'm going to be up until about six in the morning, hoping to see. I can hoping I can catch the final, right? Right. Um. But I, you know, he's he's legit. So if anyone's watching the Olympics this year, if there's any sport you would, you know, want to give a chance to, I know obviously skateboarding is going to be one of the big ones. (laughs) We haven't seen skateboarding Olympics ever. We're going to want to see what's going to happen in the skateboarding uh, competition. Football is always one of them. You know, track and field, the 100, 100 meter dash. Of course, we're going to be, everyone's going to be watching that.
1: I believe baseball is back in the Olympics too Baseball
0: is as well, yes. Um, but if there is a sport that you really, you know, want to give a chance, give it, give it something to watch, especially as a Canadian, I highly recommend judo, the minus hundred kilo division. We got two athletes and uh, competing in the minus fifty seven division for the women's, uh, two that could potentially be in the finals, in my opinion, in terms of uh, Jessica Klumkate from Ontario. And uh, Krista DiGucci, I believe she's from Alberta. There's, you know, the future's looking bright for Canadian judo, but just the Olympics as a whole, I'm not as sold on it this year as I am normally. I think the pandemic kind of affected that personally. 100%. It's just not being able to go out. Like, yeah, we can go out. It's, we're in stage three in Ontario. I, I, I believe BC is looking, looking pretty good on that front as well in terms of uh, cases and vaccinations. But it's just hard now. It's just not as entertaining especially it's harder when it's in a different content in terms of time zones yeah. a lot of people that we know that are uh, volunteering uh, helping out with cbc is uh, are working like late night shifts four in the morning they're out there uh, you know helping produce helping edit whatever it is it's a tough job to do and uh, hats off to them for that but you know what i mean the olympics are looking all right and uh, if i have a chance to watch something i definitely will
1: yeah, I mean, I, I agree, Milena. I'm not trying to slander all over the Olympics, but this year, I mean, just like, just being, you know, older, have a bit more uh, different responsibilities than you would have in years past. Um, it's the time zones and the pandemic kind of depressing it in terms of, we were going away from the NBA finals where the Pfizer forum was packed and Milwaukee had 65,000 outside of their arena in Tokyo. Apparently a lot, a lot of people like didn't even really, weren't even that high on hosting the Olympics. And with all the money and the resources that are poured into it, it's tough to outright to cancel, and that obviously didn't happen. But there was like, there's been a lot of backlash towards it, um, so I'll watch. But, I mean, yeah, i definitely say I'm not as high on it as in years past, but I'll definitely still – it'll still grab my attention because, like, I don't know about you, but the Olympics, you know, I, it grabs my attention every time it comes on. But this year I'd say it was, so.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add, or do you want to go on to Queirogador?
1: Uh, yeah, just get on to KJ uh, Jogador.
0: KJ Jogador. So for this week, uh, do you want to go first or should I?
1: I feel like we might have the same player, so you go first.
0: I, if you don't have a player, I have Alex Scott, MBE. Um, mm. She is, if you don't know, she's a presenter, a commentator for Sky Sports. She was announced as the first female commentator for fifa in history so she's going to be the commentator in fifa 22 obviously i sound like a bit of a nerd just talking about video games but you know ah, it's, on, a, it's a pretty big achievement and i'm, I'm happy for alex scott because i i respect her uh, her takes i think she knows what the hell she's talking about i mean she's a former player she played for uh she played in the 2012 olympics for england or great britain pardon me uh because that's what they're known as in the olympics um she played for arsenal i believe man city I believe I'm not entirely sure on that front, but she she had a pretty decent career and she's having a great career uh, post retirement now. And uh, hats off to her for that. She's definitely deserving of it. And uh, it's good to hear some good vo- different voices in the game, you know, compared to the, the classic generic Martin Tyler and Alan Smith that we hear every single year for the last 20 years. So, yeah, hats off to her for that.
1: Could you see, because obviously FIFA, they brought in the uh, women's national teams, I believe it was in FIFA 16. Could you see them implementing like in on leagues? Obviously, that would have to do a lot with licensing and rights. But could they get to that point
0: in the future, do you think? For me, it all depends on how it turns out with the women's champions in the next few years, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest selling point now that UEFA has a deal with FIFA, with uh, EA Sports, pardon me, with FIFA, I guess. Um, if that happens, I, I, I don't think there's any reason why there shouldn't be like a specific mode in FIFA where you can use women's leagues, women. I mean, they have it in 2k, right? Cause the WMB yep. has a good yeah. partnership with 2k sports. So there's no reason that EA would not be able to add it. Uh, women's champions league is something I'm going to be keeping up with a lot this year, specifically now that Milan's first qualified for the champions league in their history. So I'll definitely be watching that. Um, but yeah, I mean uh it, it's good for representation in football and i'm happy that alex scott finally is getting her opportunity she's uh great at her job and hats off to her for that
1: 100 uh, percent, and uh that'll be in fifa 22 correct obviously the, yes. next, the next upcoming game yeah uh, I'll, I'll have to look out for that did it say what role one more thing did it say what like role will she just be commentating selects like how that?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if she's either going to be like one of the injury commentators or whatever it is, but she's mm-hmm. definitely going to be in the game somewhat, which is in the game, for FIFA, at least. Right? Yeah, okay. So that's the most important thing.
1: I'll be looking out for that. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll be looking out for that for sure because I'll be picking up FIFA myself uh, for the first time in a couple of years. But uh, yeah, for myself, I have to go to number 34, the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, onto the Koopa, the easy, easy. pick. The easy pick, but you had to do it. He uh did you see the yesterday he uh went to Chick fil A.
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for you to mention this. I love this story. Oh man.
1: Giannis after winning the uh championship next day goes on Instagram live and uh orders a 50 piece. Uh he <laughs> like said not 49,
0: <laughs> yep. not 51, 50. You got me?
1: and the, the cool thing was he put he put the uh the chick-fil-a worker i guess on uh on his instagram live but he didn't just flip the camera he asked he's like is it cool if i put you on my instagram story so you know he's a great guy on the court but he's just an even better guy off the court and uh you know title finals mvp 50 piece of nuggets at chick-fil-a Giannis gotta love it. <laughs> gotta
0: love it gotta love it and just just before we kind of go off on topic uh or to close out here i just want to say you said great guy on and off the court for me that's more so a reason why i'm so happy you won the ring right mm-hmm. we don't really see uh see you know we don't see the people that deserve it in sports win as much because you know we Damian Lillard deserves a ring we may never see that happen right um i'm happy that Giannis is finally able to break that slump for himself for the city of milwaukee and hats off to him for that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, It's just a great story and it just sends a great message. One last point, it sends a great message. It's it's just, he talks about this post game presser, just come here, build something. He's like, I could have easily gone to a super team and done that. He's like, no, I'm staying here building something. And I think that's something a lot of the next generation coming up in the league needs to see is that you can build something and win a championship if you just stick with it. Uh, so yeah, it's just a great story. And I'm just over on the moon. I'm not even a Bucks fan, but I'm just a wonderful story. So any last, uh, any last thoughts? we get to wrap up.
0: let to wrap up boss.
1: All right. So thanks to everybody for watching and listening to another episode of slightly by sports talks for myself, Bowen Cunningham, and Stanshu. This has been yet another episode of Slightly by Sports Talks. We'll be back in the week with more content. Until then, take it easy. Out of here.
0: Later.